0: Lou Fest was abruptly canceled this week. We're going behind the headlines on that. I had a chance to sit down yesterday with the man who created Lou Fest. Brian Cohen's no longer associated with the event, but like thousands of fans, he is disappointed.
1: Well, it's a a sad day for sure for a lot of people. Um, I didn't necessarily see it coming, you know, it it going down this way. It certainly, you know, was a shock to me. Um... And we'll just have to see if we can find some answers uh, t- as to to why it all it all happened this way.
0: Is it easy to get into this kind of trouble in this in this field?
1: It's easy if you're not paying attention and you're not focused on the right things. Um, there are lots of ways to get in trouble because this is a very difficult. Uh, industry to be in, um, the finances are very difficult. the The revenue is very difficult to to secure. And if you're, you know, playing fast and loose with it, if you are, you know, don't if you're not laser focused on how to minimize risk, um, if you're not taking your responsibility seriously to the public, because to to embark on an event like mm-hmm. this, you are assuming a significant um, responsibility for not for not messing it up. Because so many it affects so many different people.
0: Would you go so far as to say is there, it's a mismanagement issue?
1: That I don't know. Um, I haven't been in, involved in, in this festival for a couple of years, so I'm, I'm not privy to the finances of the last couple of years or the management decisions. I just know f- what everybody else knows that they're from the from the response of the the current promoters that there are significant issues that, in my experience, don't come up right at the end. There's there's warning signs along the way, so I think that's a question that needs to be answered. Um, But yeah, I I can't speak any further to that.
0: Most people don't understand the whole mechanics of how this works. Uh, What is the relationship between the uh, organizers and the vendors, for instance? How does that work?
1: well the the organizers need the vendors to provide services to provide um, you know different functions for the for the event, um, whether it's food or or merchandise or you know bathrooms um, the vending um, applies to a whole range of services and and uh, products um, and the vendor needs to have confidence that the promoter knows what they're doing that the event is solid that it's being responsibly produced because the vendor provides upfront money to be a part of the fest- to be the part of the event um, they provide their time and effort to get ready for the event um, so there needs to be that trust that um, you know they're buying into to something that's solid is it a significant
0: amount of money that the vendors put up front
1: it, it depends um, you know everyone's uh, Understanding of significant is different, but if you are a vendor providing a substantial service, then uh, and getting a, a substantial benefit in terms of exposure and and brand recognition and that sort of thing, then yeah, the the buy-in can be significant. Um, if you're on the the smaller end of the scale, it also probably means that that m- amount of money is significant to you, no matter what. So I never looked at kind of big versus tall in, in terms of or big versus small in terms of buy-in. I considered everyone important, and everyone needed to be paid equally in terms
0: of the amount of cash that uh, that uh, is represented in an event like this. does most of it come from vendors or most of it come from tickets or
1: it, every event is different, yeah. um, and every event is is um, you know set up differently. There are major lines of revenue in that are consistent amongst most of these events. Ticketing is typically the most significant line. sponsorship um, is usually a close second. Then vendor um, fees uh, beverage sales, and then all the ancillary things that merchandise and things like that so
0: does uh, do, does any of this money get put in escrow for instance, in case of a problem in which uh, in which uh uh, fair goers and festival goers would be reimbursed for some reason.
1: Yeah, often it does. Um, there's no system <clears throat> in place to demand that um, a festival hold money in escrow uh, outside of ticketing. At least that's my understanding. Um, but ticketing is, is almost always done with a, a third party. And so when you buy a $100 ticket, your $100, your $100 goes to that ticketing agent. It doesn't go to the festival. And then at some point, the ticketing agency transfers that money to the festival, usually after the event. in for just this kind of circumstance so if there does need to be a a refund the ticketing agent has that money still in its possession and it can produce a refund without without a problem. What what happens often is that the ticketing agent and the festival or the event has a relationship with where some of that money is transferred mm-hmm. to the event before doors because there are expenses that need to be paid. Usually that happens once there's trust developed between a ticketing agent and an event. Um, so for instance, when I started Loufest. My ticketing agent didn't know who I was. The event was brand new. So they said, we're going to hold 100% for security in an escrow account. Um, As the years went by and I established the festival and its reputation grew and people – uh, I developed more of a trust between everybody. Then I started to be able to access percentages, um, and that percentage gradually grew.
0: Uh, this issue of trust uh, surfaces in many ways. I wonder if future performers are going to trust St. Louis uh, and want to come back if they think the rug might be pulled out from under them.
1: That, that's that's a great point, and I think that's that's the thing that gets to the heart of, of everything that's going on. I mean, I think you can look at all of the pieces of this unfortunate puzzle and the common denominator is a um, is, is the, the dissolution of trust. Um, I think the fans feel like they could no longer trust the festival because the the flow of information wasn't maybe what it should have been. Um, that bled to the vendors, and, and they started to question that trust, it bled to the sponsors, it bled to ultimately the bands. And when you lose that that foundation of trust with those four groups. You have nothing left.
0: Uh, Are the bands generally paid up front?
1: It depends. Everything is negotiated uh, individually. Typically, they want uh, some kind of deposit up front. Uh, It could be as high as 50%. It could be as low as nothing, again, depending on how much they trust the promoter. Um, And then whatever balance is paid um, when that performer performs.
0: Yeah. We have a staffer here who indicates that uh, the bands, the performers these days, are charging more because they're losing part of their revenue stream in this today's digital world and streaming world, if you will. Do you think they were part of the problem here, perhaps?
1: Well, I don't, I don't think so because, you know, lineups are created well in advance of, mm-hmm. of doors being opened. So if a band was demanding too much money, then the festival should have never booked them. Um, you know, everyone's free to charge what they think they deserve, um, and it's up to the event to either, you know, buy into it or not.
0: If you were a betting man, would you think uh, bet on the Loufest being back here next year?
1: I don't know if Loufest, if a festival returns under the Loufest banner, mm-hmm. um, I would bet that something returns or something new is created. I think this market is, you know, people have talked about, You know, how do I feel about, you know, my legacy and, um, you know, kind of ending up like this? Um, And and I've had a a day or so to think about it. And I think where I am is my legacy is not Loufest, but my legacy is uh, proving the concept that a festival like this can work in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And so somebody else will come in. Somebody else will do it. I I hope it will be successful and move on. Um, this, I think, is just a bump in the road. And the cons- the concept has worked up until
0: this year, no question about it.
1: It has, off and on. I mean, there have been tough years. Um, this is a tough business, and every year is different. Just because you're successful one year doesn't mean you're going to be successful the next. Um, it's it, it ebbs and tides like everything else.
0: Just one other point, and that is that a, a lot of people are hurting, aside from those who wanted to go to the festival, and that is uh, restaurants and, and places who would attract uh, some of the out-of-towners, for instance, and the, and the
1: local residents. They're hurting. The, this, you know, when you, when you wrap up a festival in this fashion, it just hurts everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if an event is in trouble and it needs to to fold, then that's not that unusual. I mean, LooFest isn't the first music mm-hmm. festival to collapse, and it won't be the last. But there's ways to do it, and there's ways not to do it. Um, to wait till the last minute when all of your food vendors have pre-ordered tons of food that they can no longer use— Your clothing vendors have pre-ordered merchandise that they can no longer sell. Your fans have Mm pre-purchased plane tickets and hotel rooms that are non-refundable and they no longer want. Mm -hmm. You just, to do it in this way just ensures maximum pain. Um, And again, I don't know all the details, but I think that's what everyone's feeling, that the way this thing went down is just the the absolute worst way it could have happened.
0: And that's Brian Cohen, founder of the Lou Fest, disappointed like so many others that this weekend's event has been canceled. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. (laughs)